about a year down the road, um, well, probably a year and a half. So it's not like this upcoming summer, but it's the summer after that. Okay. You, uh, you're working the valve. It's Friday night. Got a lot of people on the books. Sold out. Who's had? Who's headlining? Uh, it's a comedian named uh, Gerald Fawcett. And why did I book this guy? He had a he had like a pretty funny tape. Yeah, yeah. He's just like an he's like an old guy that just complains about being old. And oh, I love I yeah I love that. I would absolutely book someone like that. Yeah. So, but he like has like forty five minutes, and it's just it's like it's like almost like Lewis Black in a, in, in a way, you know. Andy Huggins. Yeah, kind of like Andy. So you you uh, you book him right. Friday, early show sold out. Saturday, early show sold out. You got like five tickets Hell left yeah. for the late show. Hell yeah, dude. So you're hustling, right? The weekend goes great. All the shows sell out. It's packed. You make, uh, you know, really good tips. Good. It was just like a really clean, efficient weekend, you know? It, cool. it felt like you it felt like you were in and out. Boom, boom, boom. What what did uh Michael and Lindsay think about it? They were it, it's like the, you guys are just like a well oiled machine, you know? Nice. Everything's done quickly and efficiently. Uh you guys are like making like good money. The place is packed, a lot of tips coming out, everybody's happy. And it's good because about a year from now, there's another uh, indie comedy club that opens up on Sixth Street. What? Yep. What? What is it? They're a little further down, uh, towards like West Sixth, a little further down that way. Okay. But they're they're on Sixth. Sure. They're on the corner. So they're like they're near like the, like the Alamo, the, the, like the, yeah, the draft yeah, house. Yeah, they're around there. Okay. But they're on one of the corners. Their doorman stands outside. He wears a white beret. And you know. What? Yeah, you know, because like you can see it all the way down 6th Street. Oh, my God. It's a brilliant white. How? I don't know. They're, they're called the, uh, the Spam Lounge. It's an equally terrible name. <laughs> the Spam Lounge. Yeah, that's what they're called. And Michael, uh, like they've been they've been coming after you guys pretty hard for the last six months. You know, you've seen them like why dip into your your like your numbers aren't because they're trying to run a comedy globe, dude. They're going after the same people. Why you're going would they after. put it on? All right, that seems intentional. I mean, I can't speak to their motives, but you know what I'm saying is that you guys are fighting for the same same small audience and so what do they do they they book uh national headliners and like local people and stuff they do like pretty much exactly what you're doing uh they're just like uh they just do it a little a little bit differently you know a, a little bit better um their open mic is 
way better. Yeah. Yeah, their open mic is is very very good. I can't say that surprises me. Yeah. It's not like gritty like the Valve is, you know. Like the like true detective couldn't have happened in the spam lounge. <laughs> But, um, you know, you guys are, like, packing it in. Michael Park, all the people that, like, come see him, keep the area pretty free of riffraff. You know, so people feel like, oh, Michael's here. It's going to be a pretty safe environment. Michael, over the last year, has developed a crew of people to just, like, discourage riffraff. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, directs them. Like, the hub of, like, like, their nerve center, his little crew, is 100% the Velveeta Room. You know, Michael is just kind of like at the command center. That's how he thinks of it. He's like at the command center, just surveying what's going on around him. And he can like, okay. he has like little signals that like, if he like taps his right earlobe, there's a guy who's like over by the, uh, the, the street pole, like the, the lamp pole that has like the, wow. the stoplight on it. He's just kind of yeah. leaning up against that pole. And if Michael like taps his ear, that guy like springs into action and like scares away riffraff, you know, and he's probably got like two or three dozen like all in the like you know couple block radius so like where you guys ran on 6th street michael keeps it pretty clean and people sure. people like that so you've got that on the spam lounge okay but you have this weekend and uh the weekend goes great you feel like you're starting to pull away from them you know what i mean and you feel like you're really yeah. making progress you believe in what you're doing Things are like trending in the right direction. And you pull out of the fridge that ice cold Coca-Cola. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. It's your way to end the weekend. Yeah, man. You uh, you crack it. You look at the effervescence that just fucking bursts through <laughs> that gaping hole at the top of the can. All right. You put your nose over it. It tickles the inside. You almost sneeze. Almost. You go, uh, 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 and you stop at the peak of the pre-sneeze, and you kind of like sit there for like a second and a half because those bubbles are just tickling your fucking nose, dude. You pour it into a glass with some ice. You lift it to your lips yeah and you hear like somebody throw up like down the hallway <laughs> okay and you go and you like peek your head around and there's somebody in the bathroom and they're clearly sick you think son of a bitch you look at the at the drink and you go i'll see you in a minute and you put it down on the counter you go in why there. am i talking to to the beverage because it's just like you're really in tune with it you know so you put the drink down you go into the uh the bathroom there's <laughs> okay. like a there's like a drunk guy and his buddy is in there is like trying to help him he's thrown up sure. and he's like thrown up uh it's not pretty you kind of like shrug your shoulders and you're like you guys gotta fucking get out of here and they go hey man i'm so sorry i'm so sorry so you spend like you know five minutes cleaning it up sort of dealing with the situation yeah you lock the door you clean everything up you walk out you smell that fucking spam in the air 
as a way of like drawing people into their room, they've got a guy on the corner with a spam sizzling on a hot plate. Yeah. And people just think they, they think like the meaty smell is going to draw people in. And I got to be honest with you, dude, it does. <laughs> Do they sell meat? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a guy on the corner. They sell that spam. The guy that he makes Gross. like spam tacos, but people go there and, uh, you know, good dining I, experience. I, uh, I don't think I've never actually had spam in my life. Really? Well, no, have you? Yeah, of one hundred percent. I'm white trash. Is it any good? I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. You ever had potted meat? No. All right. So you smell that fucking am I, spam? Am, am I into it? A little bit. You're definitely like spam curious, you know. Okay. <laughs> So, all right. You uh, you smell that fucking spam. You shake your head. You go back. You just pound that that glass, right? Boom! You just kill it. It was like very sweet. It's so sweet that you kind of like take a step back and you you black out. You pass out. Right. Your blood sugar spikes. Wow, that's not good. Yeah. You uh, come to. Yeah. Kind of blinking awake, laying in like a a really bright room. Okay. You're in a hospital. What? You're in a hospital bed. Oh, thank God. You like wake up in a hospital bed and you smell just like as strong as you smell that spam before you passed out, you yeah. smell just like a chemical smell in the air. Is it a, an unpleasant smell? It definitely doesn't smell good. You know okay. How, you know how like sometimes you'll smell like a chemical smell that's supposed to smell good, but you can you can tell that they're they're like tried, but they did not succeed. Sure. It smells like a like hairspray, you know, like that kind of a smell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you that sucks. Yeah, you sniff hard, and it, it smells a lot like hairspray, like an overwhelming amount of hairspray. Dang. And you're like you kind of like wave in front of your face, and it almost feels like thick, like a fog. And you kind of breathe in and cough, and you hear a voice go, "Let me open the window for you." And you kind of like you kind of look, and you see a figure like go to the window, and he lifts the window, and the breeze blows, and he's just got this like glammed out look. Fuck. You know what I mean? Fuck. Yeah. He's got like okay. a fucking. He's got. Big ass hair, you know what I mean? It's just Jack the yeah. Jesus. It's it's like super tease right. way up. Okay, he's got on like uh, bright pink eyeshadow. His uh, his stethoscope is just like covered in like rhinestones, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can one hundred percent picture what this guy looks like. And uh, you see him like lift up the the uh the window he does it with one arm yeah and he kind of turns you and he goes hey pat it's me dr jeff leopard <laughs> and he's like he's like talking to you like a like they do like a talk down in a song you know sure and he goes oh, you came in here this weekend you were barely awake <sighs> and he like he goes you out for a long time, baby. 
And he was oh, but then I but then I saved you, Pat. Ooh. And he like kind of like leans in. He goes on to tell you that like Oh, you came in and your your blood sugar was like super duper high. Holy shit. And he, he's like, Pat, did you eat or drink anything before you came in here? He's like really selling it hard. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You think about it and you think about that fucking Coca-Cola. Oh, I did have that. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I would go. Yeah, I had, I had, I had an ice cold Coca-Cola. And he was, he's like, uh, maybe you should uh, look at one with a little less sugar, baby. No, I know. So he like. Uh, I, I, I mean, I should, I, I, sh- I should be doing that, but um, yeah, fuck. So he like goes over your chart. He frowns at you. He walks out. He's wearing like real big like heels, you know, like platform shoes, you know, yeah, fucking leather. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Uh, say that again. They're like, <laughs> like leather boots, but like big platforms. You know, he's just walking around in them at work at, at work. the hospital. Yeah, I mean, when you're as good of a surgeon as he is, yeah, you, Doctor Jeff Leopard. Doctor Jeff Leopard is the number one one arm surgeon in the world, dude. Well, I guess who am I to question him you then? Know? I mean, do you know any other one arm surgeons that are practicing? I, no, I- I apologize. There, look. If you are in a scenario where you need a one arm surgeon, you call Doctor Jeff Leopard. Why would anyone need a one arm surgeon? I'm just telling you what happens. So I know that, but why would why would anyone look at anything and go, "What? Okay, you know what? Just." Go. I mean, if you're making a ranking of one arm surgeons, you would probably need them to get together and perform surgery somewhere. He would be the guy to call because he he won okay. that competition. I get it. So you like you get discharged, right? You leave, you go to the valve the next day. You walk in, it smells like fucking spam in there. <laughs> you look at the counter and you see the cup that you had, and there's just like a bunch of sugar inside of it, like at oh, the no. like at the bottom, almost like somebody like poured a bunch in there. Dang. And you think. Fucking Roger. Roger's the general manager of the other at place? The spam lounge. You son of a bitch. He's like very fucking handsome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where like any area that they're like deficient compared to the Velve at is just made up by this guy's like charm and charisma. Oh wow. And sheer handsomeness. He single-handedly makes up for whatever yeah, problems they have. Yeah. People who go in there and they like have a problem with a comedian or they yeah. like they like uh they don't like the person or whatever, they go see Robert and he just like charms the fuck out of them, dude. They wind up giving him money like, "You know what? I had a great time. Like, and I want to support you guys." He just fucking takes it and pockets it. Wow. The owners know that he does that, but he's so good at it. They just like, they don't even care. Okay. So you kind of like look on the ground, right? You see, by God, you look down, there's a trail of sugar. Do you follow the trail? 100%. You follow the trail. Sixth Street, 
like 7.30 at night. It's not anywhere near as busy as it's going to be, you know? Sure. But you follow the trail. You walk a couple blocks, you know? That smell of spam in the air getting stronger. Okay. And by God, that sugar trail leads right to the back door of the spam lounge. What do you do? You know, I thought about going to the front and being like, hey, I got to talk to your manager about this, but it seems like they don't get afford us the same type of courtesy, so or just basic respect. So I kick that door down. You fucking kick the door in. You as see, hard as I can. You see uh, Robert in the back just like doing blow on a table. Son of a bitch. He goes, Pat, what the fuck? I go, what the fuck is right? I go, I found a trail leading from my place to your place. You tell me what's going on. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't know anything about this. You, I, I get really close to him. And I go, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He kind of like wipes the cocaine from his nose, you know? <laughs> yeah. He goes, what are you going to do about it, Pat? He's several inches taller than you. He played lacrosse in high school. He was all district. Wow. Okay. What do you do? Do I think I can take this guy? Not a chance. Okay. Then I back down immediately. Yeah. And I go, all right, no, never mind. Hey. I probably just would try to say something funny. He goes, get the fuck out of here. I go, right away. I fucking leave. He leaves. Or you leave. You're depressed, right? You feel like <laughs> you feel yeah. like somebody's like got it out for you, you know? You're kind of like paranoid. That's what it feels like. You're yeah. nervous. That whole night, everything was just kind of off. Like you, you fucked up a couple of drink orders. You, uh, you like gave people the wrong credit cards. The show just like didn't go very well, you know. Just kind of an off night. Okay, and it was just. You have one of those nights where you're like, man, I need to do something for myself. And you driving home, you see the Wendy's on the side of the road. You go, here we go. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to feel better about my night one way or another. Yeah. It's sad, but yeah, it happens. You pull up to the, the, the window, you get a chicken sandwich, fries, spicy chicken sandwich. They've got one right now that's double spicy. Holy shit. When you learn that for the first time, your nipples are rock fucking hard, dude. I, yeah, I bet they are. You order a double spicy, the guy at the counter goes, oh, all right. <laughs> Fries, Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay. You go home. Yeah. You sit there on, you watch something on TV, right? You put the food down in front of you. You eat it. And I got to be honest with you, Pat. It's probably the best chicken sandwich you've ever had. Really? All of like the worry you had about the show was just gone. All of like the trepidation you had about like what a strange night it was. And this sure. feeling that you were just a step behind. And like it was a moment where and where you lost a bit of your 
potential, you know? A day where you go, man, that just caused me to be a little bit less than I would ever be. You eat the chicken sandwich. You go to throw the bag away. When you throw the bag away, like, you put your hand in there to, like, put other stuff inside the bag. And the receipt that's in there is ice cold. Fuck. What do you do? I I pull the uh, the receipt closer to my to my face. You pull the receipt out. Uh, it just says you've been chosen, and there's an L on it. And then your phone rings. It just says L. I answer immediately. What do you say? Hello. They go. Hey, is this uh, Pat Dean? Who's this? Hey, this is Charlie here at the Lanolax Corporation. Listen, Pat, we have a, a money-making opportunity here for you. I saw that you had a, had a diabetic condition. And, well, we here at Lanolax are working on something to take care of that. They would think with your, your recent issue, we want to offer you a pill that will cure your diabetes. It's a $500 a week for three months. That's how long the study is. It's a clinical trial. $500 a week. They pay me $500 a week. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, let's fucking do it. He was great. Well, I'll go ahead and get your info sent over to you. And as soon as he says that, there's a knock at your door. Uh, I look through the uh, the peephole. There's nobody there. <laughs> okay, I open the door then. You open the door. There's a package just sitting there. It says Pat Dean on it. You open it. It's just like the contract. The guy on the phone goes, okay, go ahead and go uh, sign the contract. Wow. Yeah, okay, I sign it. You sign the contract. Uh, when you sign the contract, like the the uh, the paper just like disappears and you're holding the pen. <laughs> and the guy goes, Dang. hey, uh, hang on to the pen. They go, well, your medicine should arrive here pretty soon. Um, just take one pill daily. And then there's going to be a, a form in there with who you will talk to about the, the side effects of this and, uh, and how you're feeling. And uh, any questions from that point forward will go directly with your point of contact. Uh, okay. Thank you. You go, okay, well, have a, have a great day. You too. And they go, I, I love you. And they hang up. So you think, oh, that was fucking weird. You kind of click the pen. You look at it, right? It feels like, like a heavy, nice pen, you know? You think, man, I'm going to enjoy writing with this pen. There's another knock at your door. Look through the keyhole again. Not a person, not a soul. I open the door. There's another package there. It's a small box. When you pick it up, you hear like a rattling. You presume it to be your your pills. You open it. That's what it is. Sure. It's your pills. It says, uh, take one daily, anytime, glass of water, food, no food. We don't care. Oh, wow. I start right away then. So you take a pill, right? You're on this pill for like three weeks, getting paid like clockwork. And you're starting to feel like, man, really good, you know? You're starting to feel like a lot of energy. And then you feel like 
Uh, you've almost been given a new lease on life. You're in the kitchen. You're making dinner. And you're cutting a, a pepper. And you cut a pepper. And... Like, you cut your finger a little bit. Okay. Right? It happens. You cut your finger and you're like, oh, that's not so bad. But then it's like, oh, it comes out. It's like bleeding pretty good, like way more than it should. You kind of hold your, you kind of like hold your finger, you know? Yeah. And the blood like drips out and like drips onto the floor. And your blood like isn't coagulating. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your blood is like just kind of just like dripping out of your hand. You know, and you kind of like you take a couple steps to the other room and I don't know how to describe it other than uh, your whole body like turns to like blood. And then it kind of it kind of like uh, all of your your body like turns to blood and it kind of like just goes to where the blood like that fell out of you. You know what I mean? Like when the blood was dripping, it kind of like goes and collects back to where you like started dripping blood all right so it like follows the trail of the blood and kind of like transports you there and you kind of like reappear as your person you can basically like move yourself around with your own blood okay it just kind of like anytime you cut yourself you can like bleed into like Onto like a piece of paper. Hold on. And put so it I under a to... door. Your blood stops <laughs> your blood stops coagulating. It no longer coagulates. Right? All right. But remember in like Alex Mack when she like turned into a pool of like silver goop and like yeah, yeah. Doors? You can do that, but with your own blood. That's kinda cool. Yeah. And you don't leave a trail at all. Okay. That that fucking rules. Would you do anything with it? Yeah, absolutely. What would you do? Go on adventures. Like what? What's the first thing you would do? I would uh, try to break into the White House. So you go into the White House, right? I go on a tour. You go on a tour. You're walking down a hallway. You've got a little like thumbtack in your pocket. You know? Yeah. You prick your finger. You go into the Oval Office. You leave that little prick with your blood on it. You drop it, falls onto the floor. Okay. Your tour guide like walks around. You step off into the bathroom and you like prick your body and zip. You like zip into the the Oval Office. Yeah. There's nobody in there. Okay. Do you look around? What do you do when you're in the Oval Office? I sit down in the uh, at like the desk. You just see, just just see what it feels like. You sit down on the desk, and you definitely feel like an immense sense of power. Like this is a yeah. very historical place. You know. Sure. You look, and you can see where like there's indentations of like where the feet of presidents have been throughout the wow. years. Like where the okay. where like the stain has been rubbed off the inside of the desk. 
I guess I do that. And then I kind of realize like what I'm doing and I start freaking out. Yeah. And I realize I got to get the fuck out of here. So you start freaking out, right? How do you get out of yeah. there? Um, I would uh, prick myself and go underneath the next door. So you prick yourself and you go underneath the next door. And the next door was like a room where all the secret service guys were. And then you prick yourself and go in there and go, they go, what the fuck? And they go, did everybody just see that guy? like appear out of blood and they all say yeah and then they just all fucking shoot you full of lead <laughs> they blow you away nine secret service agents just unload their firearms right into your body and you keep like uh because of this blood thing you keep just like like appearing and reappearing all over the room and they're all just screaming in complete terror none of you have any idea what's going on uh, but eventually your body gets like so spread apart and so scattered from all the bullets that you're just like a pile of mush all over the floor of the white house they clean you up with like a with like a broom and dustpan. What a horrifying ending. Yeah, they never tell anyone. <laughs> what it's do you mean? It's I mean, it's classified immediately. All, oh, okay. all nine of those guys are relieved of their duties. Nobody ever sees or hears from them ever again. All right. Well, that was very funny. All right. Uh, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.